We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 216. It's opening week of baseball. Everyone should be fired up. We made it through spring training. The Yankees have one of those weird last Monday games. I think it's in Atlanta this year. Uh, But spring training is behind us. We are back from Tampa. It was a hell of a lot of fun. We're going to get into some recaps about that kind of stuff. But but Scott, how are you doing after your 2 a.m., 3 a.m. wake-up call? (laughs) Yeah, it was a 12 uh, 12 p.m. when I went to sleep finally, and then the alarm went off at 3.30, and for some reason I woke up at 3 o'clock because my brain was like, oh, you need to get up half an hour early. And from there, there's no reason to go back to sleep, so I stayed awake. Um, nice. And I had to get my 5.04 flight, which was a terrible decision. But at the same uh, time, I got back at like you know 9.30, so I had the day. 
which was uh, which was good. So, but yeah, fun trip. It was a, it was it was definitely a, a good time. We had we met so many so many awesome people. Um, a lot of listeners to the show. A lot of people who have been to the events before up in New York um, that were down there. We had what thirty two people at this uh, at this Saturday game. So, man, it was a lot of fun. It really was. It was. I had I had a ton of fun. By far, it's been the best trip out of the three so far. Like you said, because we met so many so many cool people, listeners of the show, followers of the website. And just talking to them, talking Yankees baseball, hearing everyone's excitement, uh, it was just a lot of fun. And uh, I'm sure I'm tired, and you, you're <laughs> even more tired. But uh, I think I speak for you as well where I say it was definitely worth it. It was a, it was a fun trip, something we're going to keep doing every year. We talked about maybe next year going down earlier in the spring versus later in the spring to maybe see some of those practices, just get a, a different vibe because we've done the, the mid to late March thing three years in a row now. So I think I might like to check out late February next year. Yeah, and maybe we stretch maybe maybe like another day or two in there, so it's not such a tight window. Um, I, I think that would be that would also be good because these uh, the, the way that we've been doing it for the last couple of years, it's like I get there like the butt crack of dawn, and then I'm I'm out of there like as early as possible on Sunday. It's, it feels like a, a blur almost. So right. I think I'd like to stretch it at least one more day so that I can just relax a little bit more. Oh uh, yeah, there's no relaxing when we're down there. That's true, but um, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. We saw some good baseball, I think. Right, we there was a little bit of baseball going on. We I saw think. we saw a couple innings. <laughs> Giancarlo hit one. That was a, a Ooh, that a, was a rocket. It was loud. It was yeah. loud. So um, it was uh, it was definitely good stuff. Uh, so quickly coming up on this show in the back half of this episode, we did a 30 minute podcast with Joe's McFly. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this and everyone who follows us on social media also follows Joe. He is an awesome guy. He went viral last year with the reaction to the Devers homer off Chapman, and uh, we finally got him on the podcast. It was a long time coming because Joe was one of our original listeners, so it was a lot of fun to do do an episode with him. We had we did it in our Airbnb in the living room there, so you guys may have seen the video on Joe's Periscope or Bronx Pinstripes Instagram Live, but it was a lot of fun. We answered your mailbag questions. We talked about Judge leading off and that kind of stuff. So stay tuned for that later in the show. And quickly, in honor of opening day coming up this week, we have a podcast every day leading up to Thursday. So today you're listening to this, Monday. This is the regular show. Tuesday, we're going to be previewing the Red Sox and Rays. Wednesday, we're going to preview the Blue Jays and Orioles. Thursday, we're going to do a spring training wrap-up, get ready for opening day. And then from there on out, we'll be on our twice-per-week schedule, Mondays and Thursdays. So a busy week for the Bronx Pinstripe Show. But it's that time of year when we got to start pumping out the content. So no more speculating. We're going to be talking about real live-action stuff, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and you know to elaborate more on these previews, we're getting in the uh, the beat writers. We're welcoming back. Uh, I'm sure most of you know Chad Jennings used to write for Lowhud. Um, he now actually covers the Red Sox up in Boston. We've had him on the show before. Um, he will be back on to talk about the Red Sox and how their camp went this year. And then again, we're bringing in a a beat reporter or someone who covers the team uh, on the daily basis for for each team, so that we can get some some local insight on uh, on both of those. On all of these teams, because you know, when we're looking from a distance, you know, sometimes we can we see things, but we don't see the inner workings, and I don't think we really know everything, especially who's potentially coming up from their minor leagues and injuries and all sorts of stuff happening in the AL East. And obviously, it's going to be a highly contended um, d- division this year. I mean, and and you know, you look at all these teams, and even the Blue Jays are not going to be a it's not going to be an easy easy matchup when you play the Blue Jays. They have pretty good pitching, and then they've added a bunch of very low key guys that are pretty decent ball players. I'll go as far as saying they're decent, but um, 
but yeah, they're going to, they're not going to be a, a walkover. Yeah. And just to, to wrap up, you know, just housekeeping purposes, who we're going to be talking to Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet Canada. He also has a Blue Jays podcast, Neil Salons. He does a pre and post game raise radio. He was on the podcast last year. And then for the Orioles, Brittany Garoli from MLB.com. So it should be an awesome week of podcasts. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, Real quick on just a, a bit of housekeeping, the April 7th event, I'm not going to, if you want to know about all the other events, May 26th, and there's one in June and July, go check them out on the website. Uh, currently, the April 7th is the one we're focused on. That is, um, if you want to get your t-shirt by the event, we're shipping them out this year. Monday is is the is the deadline, basically. I might have a day or two of buffer, but Monday is the 100% deadline if you definitely want it. Um, you may get it if you order it later, but no guarantees. So, Get your orders in. If you have not already ordered, we're right around 200 tickets uh, sold right around there right now. So we have a, a really good group going out. Obviously, um, we're going to be loud in Section 205, mostly all in 205. We have some in 206. Uh, pre-game is at the dugout before. Uh, a lot of the uh, the guys who write on Bronx Pinstripes are going to be there as well, plus many of the people who have um, come to events before, and I, I'm definitely seeing some new names as well. So get your uh, get your crew together and join our crew so that we can get this thing going and be loud for uh, for game number one of uh, the BP Crew events. And I got to give a quick shout out to one of the uh, one of the the members of the BP Crew because uh, again, like Andrew was talking about, we met some really awesome people over the weekend. Uh, but especially, I got I got to shout out Carlos. Carlos uh, surprised me at the game. I knew he was going to be there. We had talked on social media, but he came and brought um, a jersey from my little boy Kemp and I tell you man it was like one of those moments where it's just so unbelievably cool that um you know a guy that listens to us talking on a freaking microphone you know a couple times a week thought was 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 thoughtful enough to uh to to bring a jersey and it's actually Kemp's first jersey so um (laughs) that's pretty awesome uh I took a picture of put it on him and took a picture of it for Carlos today as well thank you again Carlos you're the man I will uh definitely be seeing you obviously this summer so um, before we get into the bird talk, I want to tell you guys a little bit about our sponsor today, SeatGeek. When you're buying tickets, it can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way and a better way to buy it with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for last minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find that perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding best deals every ticket, from sports, concerts, to comedy and theater. Best of all, Bronx Pinstripes listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter code promo code BRONX today. That's promo code BRONX for $20 off your SeatGeek purchase. <sighs> Greg Bird. Man, you know what? Are you kidding me? It's like, the we're same actually, week. It's the, the same week. <laughs> I almost thought it was a joke, like we were getting trolled when we saw the news on Twitter because we were at the game on Saturday. They were doing split squads, so Bird was traveling to uh, – they were playing Atlanta, and I think they play in Disney World. Uh, and it starts – the buzz is starting to go around. Bird is scratched. Bird is scratched. And I'm like, ah, shut up, guys. Like, come on. Like, there's been nothing about Bird all spring. He hasn't been having a great spring, but he's been healthy. That was the thing that we were all looking at. We think he and was. Then, and then – Exactly the week to to the like a year ago foot right foot injury. Now he comes up. He had an MRI after the game. He was scratched because he had a sore right foot. An MRI revealed uh, inflammation in that foot. 
that he had surgery on last year. And he's going to be seeing a foot specialist, uh, Dr. O'Malley, who I believe did the surgery on his foot last year. He's going to be seeing that specialist in New York on Monday. So here we are, 365 days after we talked about Bird falling a ball off his foot, talking about that freaking foot again with Greg Bird. The extra damn bone. Hey, I don't. It's crazy, man. Like you, 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 you're talking about this guy like he's. I mean, we're talking about putting him in the in the number three spot of this order. This is a this is a big deal because when you when you don't have um, that lefty bat in between these two guys, I'm, granted we have a stacked lineup with or without him, but it changes the lineup drastically. It changes the fact that this this guy has now for the second year in a row, or really the the third year. I mean, he's been an injury problem, whether it's the foot or a shoulder or a whatever, uh, an oblique or name, name whatever it is, it hurt feelings by walking by Jeter, whatever it is. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, it, it's, it's worrisome that it's the same foot. Obviously, Cashman came out with, some, with, a, with a quote that was, uh, that was not good either. I mean, he seems to be very worried as well. Yeah, so, Cashman never, like, that's the thing we love about Cashman is he just says it like it is. He said, I'm worried about it, to be honest. I'm not sure what we're dealing with, but when Greg, when he can't tee it up, it's a problem for us because he's a vital member of our organization. But we're deep and we have other people who can pick up the slack. He's talking about guys like Neil Walker, Tyler Austin. Those guys can fill in for Greg Bird. The problem is... I'm just more worried and also pissed that this is what we're going to be dealing with Greg Bird forever. And how long are the Yankees going to put up with it to where, yeah, on paper, Greg Bird is a fantastic player and he makes the lineup that much better. But if you can't rely on him, there's going to become a breaking point where you have to move on. I'm not, obviously they're not there yet because we don't know how serious this injury is, but 2016, he misses the entire year with a shoulder issue. 2017 is a non-factor until the last month of the season with this foot issue. What if the foot issue lingers again this year and we're talking about we're not really seeing Greg Bird until the second half of the season again? That's not out of the realm of possibilities here. With oh, this no, not even, not even by a, a, a long stretch. I mean, that's, I mean, when you're looking at something like this, you, they're going to be cautious again, right? I mean, they're, gonna, they're not going to force him in. We saw what happened when he played last year in the beginning of the year and, and he wasn't completely healthy. He was a terrible baseball player. When he came back, he came back too soon and was a bad baseball player. You could tell that there was something going on with, his, uh, with, with, with an injury, and he just wasn't getting the same type of swings. So if he if he's doesn't have that, that right foot at full, at full health, it changes the way he swings the bat. It changes the way he approaches the, the plate, and that's an issue. I'm, it's probably, uh, you know, you would think that it changes the way you play defense if you can't push off of that right foot or however it affects him. It's a problem, and you know if the right foot is the problem and it continues to be a problem, it's very difficult to see how the Yankees can really depend on a guy like this. And we said this last time, or at least I said it. I was I was at a I was kind of at the at the point where if he didn't come back last year, I thought that they were gonna at the end of last year, like he did, and he played well. He played very well in the playoffs, but if he didn't come back, and you know the Yankees were gonna have to make a decision at that point, not seeing how he played at all. You know if he didn't, and they were gonna have to look at that first base because first base has been an issue for now two years, two years ever since Teixeira really left. And we so, had and the, even the, when Teixeira was there, it was a problem. we had the mystery member of the organization calling Bird out for his his desire to actually get back out there, which is bullshit. Yeah, that's, because at that point, I don't even think they knew it was the foot. Right, they were still calling it an ankle injury at that point last year. The bottom line is, is the Yankees, it, it seemed like, if he hadn't come back, were, were very close. They were on the, the line of, you know, potentially making a move for another first baseman. I mean, you can't go into an offseason 
and and without seeing a guy or, or thinking that he could potentially be injured to then you know depend on him as your starting first baseman for the following year, especially when you have a roster like this that's ready to go and win right now. So you know this is what makes this um, what makes this a, a little bit easier right this very second. If there is you know some time off, is the fact that Brian Cashman went out and got Neil Walker, who can mm-hmm. play some first base because now that's a huge move. <laughs> yeah, and and. Uh... The way that Tyler Wade played in spring is also a huge factor because Wade, we thought maybe was is going to win the second base job anyway, and Walker was just going to have to fit in where he fit in. Now right. he might be the opening day first baseman, which is fine. I'm a hell of a lot more comfortable with Neil Walker than Chris Carter. So <laughs> if, if Bird is out, at least I'm confident the first base isn't going to be an abomination like it was in the first half of last year. But it still sucks, and, and it's, it's annoying is the biggest thing. And with Bird, like, what is actually wrong with him? Is he just injury prone? Does he have soft bones? Yeah, is, is, there, not, is the did foot. he not drink enough milk as a kid? Like, what the hell is going on with Greg Bird? Why he can't stay healthy? Because some players just can never stay healthy for one reason or another. Well, unfortunately, speaking of players that can never stay healthy, the backup first baseman <laughs> currently on the roster who's on the depth chart right behind him is Tyler Austin, who had an opportunity to play last year, had an opportunity to take that first base job, and then he got injured. He's also proved that he has not he has not stayed healthy uh, when he's had his opportunities in the Bronx. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping like he's healthy now. Everything, everything is fine with him. And hopefully he can stay healthy and we can get a spark from him. He's a, he's a good ball player. He's not, he's not Greg Bird, but he's a good ball player. He's a, uh, I think he's an adequate uh, fill-in for first base. Do I want to see Tyler Austin there all year long? Not really. You're like, I, don't, I don't know if he's that player, but he's got to prove that he can stay healthy. Because now we're, we're at a point where we have Greg Bird, who's, uh, we don't know, injured you know, day to day or week to week, whatever the hell he is. But then also the guy directly behind him um, that has the well, most I, experience I, I, is Tyler Austin. Yeah, Austin is the only other guy on the 40-man roster who is a who is a full-time back, like backup first baseman. But right. Austin is was optioned to Scranton. If Bird starts the year on the DL, they will, I'm assuming, he'll be back up. up. Yeah, he'll be back up. <clears throat> but I could, I could still see Neil Walker starting. It, I mean, I think either one of them. I think you're going to see Neil Walker play at first base um, when there's a righty on the mound. Like you'll probably they'll probably platoon that, right? I mean, that would make the most sense. I would assume they'll they'll do the whatever the matchup is, but it, it doesn't give you a good feeling. That, no, Neil Walker is not a, a first baseman by trade. He's a second baseman. Uh, you know, maybe plays some uh, outfield a little bit. He's played different positions, but he's primarily a second baseman. He played what? What did we say? Nineteen games last year Something at first like base. That. Yeah, it was in the teens. So he's got some experience over there. It's not a lot, but he's obviously you know, he played there in the last game of, or the game we saw in spring on on uh, Saturday. So he's got experience, but he's not a traditional first baseman. Like this is becoming a problem uh, it's not becoming a problem it is a problem it is a problem and bird was going to be the number three hitter he was going to split up judge and stanton in that lineup i believe which is huge and he was also going to be the lefty bat that didn't allow a pitcher to have three straight righties i mean there's three great hitters with judge stanton and sanchez but having bird in that mix is a huge factor it, it makes it that much scarier Didi can slot into the number three spot we saw him hit cleanup in the playoffs last year and he was fantastic but but Greg Bird has the potential to be a, a an even better hitter than Didi 
I mean, so as I'm much as we all love Didi. I'm salivating like, at the possibilities of Greg Bird, a healthy Greg Bird at, at in the three spot with Judge and Giancarlo Stanton bookending him. Like the protection is ridiculous. They're going to pitch to Greg Bird, and, and you know they don't want him to get on base. They want to get him out so that Giancarlo Stanton doesn't come up with more guys on. Like it's the perfect place to hit. And he was, if he's in that spot, there is a very good opportunity he's going to see a lot more strikes and he could put up monster numbers. It's a very good spot for him. I also saw over the weekend that Anduar is going to get an 80-20 split in the minor. So 80% of the time at third, 20% at first base. Maybe they up that to like 60-40 with this Greg Bird news. Uh, who they're, knows? Yeah, because they're going to see Anduar over there. You're going to see Billy McKinney at first base. Like there are guys that are in the pecking order that, that can swing the bat. Um, it, you know, I think their defense is the biggest uh, is the biggest deal. Uh, Tyler Austin probably is the best first baseman defensively of all of these guys because he's a first baseman by trade. But um, – you know, if Anduar could make that adjustment, and a lot of guys have made the adjustment from third to first. We saw it last year with Chase Headley. So it's a it's a it's a position that is, you know, often swapped. If you're um, if you're going from th- for, uh, third to first, A Rod couldn't do it, but uh, a lot of guys have. Well, and also Anduar is just looking to get in the major leagues. So any way he can get up there, any any crack on that roster that he can fill, I think I think he's going to take. They're going to take that opportunity with Anduar because of what he can do with the bat. Right. And I mean, Anduar is also a, a right-handed bat. So, you know, you're still missing that, that big left-handed bat to, uh, to break up the two big righties or the three big righties, even if you're, if you're putting Sanchez in that mix. So it's just, it's unfortunate because I saw the lineup that we had in our heads, um, you know, with, uh, with, with Bird in the three spot was just so beautiful. It really mm-hmm. was. It was such a beautifully balanced lineup. And I am not going to cry if we have Didi in the three spot because that's that's a great spot for him personally. I think if if anything, like he could go into that spot and do well. But um, it's just a shame. I, I hope I really, really, really hope it's uh, it's much ado about nothing. But unfortunately, that's not what the past has told us. And if Bird does go back on the DL, and it's a, it's months and months of back and forth. Is he healthy? Is he not? I mean, the fans are going to absolutely turn on him if they're not already doing so. I guess. I mean, and, but if it's an injury, it's an injury. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what, what do you say to that? Like it's, it's you get pissed. You, you, I guess you, you eventually, you just get tired of someone constantly getting injured. I, you just, I understand you just that to, guys you don't want to get you at injured. Some point. But. Yeah. I mean, at some point you just can't, when you can't rely on a guy, they can't play baseball for you. And that's your job. <laughs> you got to play baseball. Also bad optics to have that video of him dancing for the roll call idol come out. I think the morning of, the, the news that he was scratched. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. It was not a good look. <laughs> Poor timing. Uh, quickly, some other roster notes. It looks like the Yankees are going to go with 13 pitchers, and it looks like it's going to be uh, Jonathan Holder as that last man in the pen. So we had sort of hypothesized that maybe the Yankees go with uh, an extra position player, but they're actually going to go with a short bench with Wade, Therese, and Romine um, as the only bench guys and more pitchers. And it's because they actually start the season five straight games, which is unusual. They're starting on a Thursday this year, which I don't even know the last time if that ever has happened before. But they have a four-game series in Toronto, and then they start at home at Yankee Stadium on that next Monday against the Rays. So they have, they're going to need five straight five starters, and then I guess they want that extra bullpen arm just if guys aren't you know, fully in their, their midseason form yet. And I believe it's already been announced that uh, Severino, obviously, is the opening day um, starter. Tanaka is getting the second game. I believe Sabathia is getting the third game, which I was surprised about. Yeah, that they didn't want to keep him off the turf. Um, but I guess that might just also be 
honoring Sabathia as the next in line, but I thought maybe they'd honor him with opening day at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought Sonny was going to be there, but um, I, I don't think it really means much uh, at all. It's just, uh, you know, however they, they slot it as well for when these guys are ready in the first week too. I mean, things things can change. I'm, I'm, I'm still curious on uh, how CC is going to be managed uh, throughout the year if, if, if anything were to come up. So he's going to be one where obviously we're going to keep an eye on. And like you said, the turf, um, to me, that is something that, that you uh, you should probably consider. I mean, I think it's uh, keeping him off of that is doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> you know, it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing to keep him off turf. Before, uh, so we have, as I said, Joe coming up. We, we are not going to do a t-shirt winner for the rating and reviews on this episode. We will do it on the Thursday episode coming up in a few days. So stay tuned for that. And then we'll, we'll be doing it on every Thursday episode too. Yes, yes, sorry. And then uh, voicemail line, it is back open. It was my favorite part of the playoffs last year. People were so fired up. It's open again for opening day, so get your opening day hype voicemails in. The number is 646-480-0342. If we have some new listeners who are not familiar with the voicemail line, uh, it gets weird. It gets, go it back gets and loud. listen to some of the playoffs. Go go back and listen to some of the playoff stuff. There it was it was gold. And it we don't and just so you know, we don't edit. We don't edit the um you know, we try to keep our mouths relatively clean on this podcast, but when when it comes to the voicemails, it's no holds barred. I mean, it's just there's no reason, there's no there's no way that we could potentially even like filter it, so we don't. So it's it's great. So say whatever the hell you want. We've got a half hour with Joe's McFly coming up. We get into a ton of mailbag questions, but before that, I want to tell you guys about Draft.com. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try this new app. It's it's actually really cool. I tried it out this week. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. So my favorite part of, of actually... Uh, drafting for fantasy football or fantasy baseball is the draft itself, uh, not not dealing with all the waivers and stuff like that because that's when you really get to pick from the best players. So this, you do that every single day that you want to enter. Drafts last just for one night and then you're done drafting. That's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. The best part, you can play for cold hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everybody. Uh, like I said, I did it. I didn't do a baseball one because they weren't open yet. I did an NBA one. I know nothing about the NBA, but it was still fun. And it only took a couple minutes, so you're not going to be spending forever in there. And it's actually really good practice for, for if you are drafting a season-long league as well. So join me on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com on your computer. For a limited time, time only, all Bronx Pinstripes listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make the first deposit. But you have to use the promo code Bronx. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code Bronx when you make your first deposit. Alright, we're down here in Tampa, Yankee Spring Training, a week to go before the season. We're joined by Joe's McFly. What's up, Joe? What's going on? What's going on? It was a fun game today, even though the Yankees lost. We had a, a good time out in the right field bar area just just kind of talking with a bunch of people. Which was is, there a game today? Yeah, yeah I think I, was... I watched an inning and a half, but I, I think the Red Sox beat the Yankees. But who really gives a crap? It was the Red Sox B team too. It was yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't even like the real team. I think they had two starters: Benintendi and uh, and your boy Endeavors. Endeavors. Yeah. Your boy. yeah. 
It was cool, but it was. I felt like I watched more more uh, batting practice than anything else. Cause it's, it's crazy out in batting <laughs> practice. Like you literally have to keep your head on a swivel because there are balls flying out there. It was a little kid that got hit by it, right by yeah, it. right in the mouth. It was <laughs> Joe, crazy. Joe ripped the ball out of some girl's hand. Like it, was, <laughs> it was nuts. They had a wrestling match. I'm jealous you guys got to see BP. I think we'll get there Saturday morning. Yeah, for yeah it. tomorrow morning yes. we'll do that. It was cool though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty good because they open it up early too, so you can go out in the outfield. And check out all the balls. We had Tino out there shagging balls. Swisher was out yeah, there. Swisher was yep. out there. Um, I think Swisher just is permanently me- like Swisher needs to be at the All Star game shagging the home run derby fly balls. <laughs> like that's his personality level. Always is at like a fifty, just shagging balls. Always. He's what he should be going on like the the um, tour of spring training of yeah. all the teams that he's been on. Yeah. <laughs> because you know every fan base is gonna love this. Dude. I, I don't think yeah, Atlanta yeah, likes yeah, him. Very great. Much. He was Why in Atlanta though? for like. A half a season. You're a like, dick if you don't like Nick Swisher. I'm sorry. Like it's it's a there's a surprising amount of Yankee fans who are not Nick Swisher fans. Well, there's some people that actually said, "Oh, what if he was in the booth or in the yes booth?" I don't, mm. I, I don't know about that. Might be too much. Yeah, it might be just a little bit too much. But he's 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 great. I think he does it with uh, Fox now. Or he, he was doing it with A Rod for TBS. He was doing it for A Rod. They were blowing yeah. it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> That, so and that's good, but I, I just I just love the whole atmosphere and spring training. Everybody's there, just really chilling out, and um, you know, I got to meet a whole a whole bunch of cool people. So and that was yeah. good. Have you been to spring training before? This is my first time. What do you thought? What first are your thoughts? Time. It's great. I mean, this. I I mean, it's just it's real chill because I'm just so used to doing the the whole. The games are like really intense yeah. when you go. Well, it's the weird coming from the last games we watched, where like the, the <laughs> ALCS, playoffs, you go from like the highest intensity level down to spring training. And so it's like, just oh, like, he got smacked around. Okay, well, yeah. whatever. That's just what it is. And and so totally different vibe too because one, you haven't seen green grass in a long time, and you come down here in the snow up, up yes. in New York, and then down here it's like beautiful weather. People are just hanging out, drinking beers. Yep. Nobody's really caring too much about the baseball that's on the field at the moment. It's secondary. Like a little bit, but we're all hanging out. We yeah, had a bunch of people who, who listened to the show that were, were hanging out with us. It was awesome to meet everybody. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that was cool. And Judge almost robbed the homer, too. Almost. Almost, yeah. almost. Uh, his, man, wrist, his, his, his yeah, entire yeah. arm was over, and I saw his, his arm kind of snap down onto the I didn't like the way that there. looked. No. Yeah. I was like, all right, Judge, maybe don't go yeah. a full 10 in yeah. spring training. Just it was a bad look. Bring it down to the yeah. Yeah. That was the shoulder he messed up, too. He had surgery on that shoulder. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. When you're looking yeah, from that exactly. angle and all you see is the, the freaking forearm come yeah. smack down, like, it looks ugly. Yeah, he, it just shows how, how, how yeah. big his freaking he probably four. Didn't like jump. this, like two of them. It's yeah. just crazy. So I... I seen that, and I already knew it was like Boone is already going to have a conversation with him. Let's just settle that down just a little bit. Yeah, know, well, so. speaking of Boone and Judge, there was something I saw Hoke tweet out. Because Judge let off today for the first time in spring. He has not done that before. I know Buster only was like throwing around, oh, maybe Judge should lead off. He's got the high OBP. Well, Hoke asked Boone why he led Judge off to, and he goes, uh, uh, or when did he decide that Judge was going to bat first? And he said, about halfway between Fort Myers and here last night on the bus. <laughs> so Boone yeah. is pulling shit out of his ass, like yeah. picking a lot, like, like in We're the Bronx fantasy burning, baseball. Yeah. When, yeah. when Billy Martin's pulling lineups out of a hat. He's like, where am I going to bat Judge today? First, let's, let's do it. But he's got no basis, right? So he's just, why not? Yeah, it's just, let's see what happens. For him, it was just like, like and there was a lot of people you know, taking it serious, like, oh, I don't like him batting first. or, And even for me, I'm like, even if this was a regular season lineup, I wouldn't really like it because I feel like it kind of shortens the lineup, yeah, right? Yeah, I agree. And I like, I, I feel like Gardner kind of sets that tone for the team yep. where he's gritty, has a gritty at bat, as long as he's not sliding headfirst into uh, first base, right? But 
other than that, it's just like, I, I just think that maybe, you know, he's just kind of playing around. Like, you know, let's just get these guys more at-bats, put these guys at the top of the yeah. lineup, and, you know. If it was there. to get Judge an extra at-bat, fine. But yeah. if we're actually talking about what I want to see during the season, I don't want to see Judge batting first. I like him batting second, yeah. Gardner first. Gardner's I mean, a perfect if, table setter. In a traditional lineup, second is even, pretty high. I don't yeah, even give second him, but, but I don't give a shit really about traditional. But first of all, Judge is going to strike out a lot. Like, yeah. we, we love Judge. He's mm-hmm. still going to strike out a lot. I don't want to start off a bunch of games with a strikeout. Right. But the same thing, his 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 walks uh, counteract the, the, the strikeouts. I you're mean, also going to get... His on-base percentage, that's what you got to look at. You're also going to get a lot the, of solo home runs, though, out of Judge if he's batting first. Because right. I know he technically only could lead off once. But he's got the, the in theory, worst hitters batting 8th eight and 9th. Like, if it's Walker and Jury, we hope those guys have good seasons. But if they're not on base a lot, Judge is going to be batting a lot with no one on base. I want him up there with, with Gardner on first. Hopefully, hopefully he can get I think out. at the end of the day, yeah. we all agree this is not happening. No. Yeah. Like, this is just like, it happened today, and, and it was on paper, and it we saw that on the field. But yeah. this is not real life. But I just Real life, he's in the two spot. I yeah. think it's hilarious that Boone is comfortable enough to go to the media. It's just something I thought of on the bus ride. Boone does not care. I love this. this I love the fact that Boone is just like... You know what? Mm-hmm. I am the, I'm the manager of the New York Yankees, but I'm still going to do what I want. I'm still going to do what I that do. That only yeah. flies until you're I like it. not yeah. in first place and I like like it. after the All-Star break. He's just real comfortable. It just shows how comfortable he is, and I think it'll make the other players you know, more comfortable, too. That's if, the idea. If he's that way, then laid back, then I think other people more laid back. But even though they're already going to be putting pressure on themselves. Yeah. Right? So kind of lighten that load. Well, Girardi was like the opposite, and it maybe grinded down the players too much. And that's yeah. the whole reason why Cashman... Didn't want to keep Jordy. Like Jordy would never part have said of it. That. It was Jordy would never it. have said that today. Yeah. He would have. He would have been like, "Well, my binder said chapter <laughs> six that ju- that judge needed an extra at bat today, so I'm gonna the spring training binder. The yeah. uh, the lineup that we saw what, two <laughs> days ago is the regular yeah, season. The, one. <laughs> the, uh, the lineup that we saw two days ago that looked like an actual lineup. It was the ESPN game, and they were even talking about it. ESPN flashed the graphic up uh, of uh, actually it wasn't the lineup they had out. It was the one that the ESPN put up. Is yep. what it was. And they said, basically, like, do you think that this is going to be a lineup? And it was. It was kind of what we had said in the past. It was uh, Gardner, Judge, mm-hmm. Bird in the three spot. I like it. Giancarlo, Gary. So you're stacking the righties at that That's point. Dee Hicks, whoever the hell's playing second base. Right. Yep. Right? Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. I, I love that. That's the lineup. And they had... You know what? If Neil Walker's playing, probably move him up, right? Because yeah, maybe Hicks is in the Hicks, nine spot at yeah. that point. Well, I think against lefties, you're going to see Walker in at second base. I think I think second base is going to be a platoon. Whoever is playing yeah. for uh, in opening day, I don't think we should read too much into that. I think it's going to be a platoon at the end of the day. Yeah, I think these guys are going to be moving around a lot. He even was talking about um, in that same broadcast. He was saying Wade could go over to third and give Drury a, a day off. Wade played third late in the game because um, Drury got hit today in the yeah. game. He came out. I don't think he's hurt or anything like that. Actually, he's negative. Just, yeah, precautionary, but Wade moved over to third. Yeah, so he can play all over. Yeah, yeah he can play all over, so that's good. And I just and Anwar was playing first base the other day. It just shows that the Yankees want to want to be more versatile everywhere that they go. Right. So it's like they don't want to be stuck, okay, this guy can only play third base, second base, shortstop, because you got limited options now. And that's what happened. That was one of Anduar's knocks, I think, because he couldn't go around and move to different positions right. in the big leagues. He was pegged at third base. Yes. And because Drury was there, you know, what are you going to do? Like, you got to go to AAA at that point. I mean, that's just the way it folded out. Absolutely. So let's get into some mailbag questions. We got a lot of good ones. And the first one's about Tyler Wade, which is perfect to what we were just talking about. It's from Billy Wagner. 
I don't think it's the lefty reliever Billy Wagner, but that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Billy Wagner's listening to the podcast. If Tyler Wade makes the team, he already did, so this was obviously submitted a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets some use around the infield and gets around 250 to 300 at-bats. What do you think about these over-unders? He says a 260 batting average. You guys, you think he can hit 260 in the majors if he's not playing every day? He didn't last year. Personally, I don't think he can. Not this year. Well, then he's not sticking around. I think he's more of a... I think the way he is, he's like an everyday kind of... He can play different positions. But even Zobris plays almost every, every day. day yeah. right. right? So even... So for him, I think he's more of an everyday kind of guy that... You know, if he's getting his at-bats that way, he has that rhythm. But he needs that. He needs those consistent at-bats to be effective. I don't Not, know if he's going to get it, though, just playing second and maybe some third. I think he gets in a lot of games for defense and mm-hmm. for pinch running. But that doesn't necessarily get him in at bat. If you have Ronald Torres also on the team, then no, it's not happening. And Ronald Torres is going to be on the team. So that's the thing. Ellsbury, the whole reason that Wade made the team is because Ellsbury's on the DL. Right. Yeah. Um, when Ellsbury comes back, if, if they don't milk the injury for a long <laughs> time, like Torres or Wade is going to have to be yeah. sent down. Right. Or maybe, I don't know what they do. They trade Torres or something like that. Okay. But it's whoever is playing better at the time, I think, gets the job, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, Wade, right now he's playing out of his mind, so it's kind of ludicrous, and it's a bad sign that you'll send your the other minor league players if you kind of don't reward him. So I think, if he's playing out of his mind, I mean, you just gotta let him gotta play. Let him do I, it's it. like, okay, well, whatever, I mean, go ahead, you took the job. But if, you know, if he's struggling a bit, then you gotta see what, what Gleyber Torres is giving you after the time, right? Yeah, then he passes days. The time, quote-unquote. <laughs> And then you have the um, then you got to see what Drury's giving you, and you got to see what Neil Walker's giving you too. See, even with that time though, I think that time is totally a, a different. It's it's a it's a completely separate issue at this point because I actually don't yeah. think it's relevant anymore. I think he's going to be down there way longer than that. I think now that Neil Walker is here, Tor- Torres, yeah, Torres. Torres yeah, now yeah. that Neil Walker is here, yeah, they're going to wait on Torres. We for said a, a solid amount of time as long as they need to. June, June. No, no, we said yeah. June a couple weeks ago before yeah. they signed Neil Walker, right. like the first time we see Glaber. It might be after the All-Star break at this point. Yeah. Unless an injury be. happens. We don't know yeah. if an injury happens. I didn't think from the beginning it was just going to be the two. They, I didn't think they were doing the Chris Bryant thing. Like I thought they were going to keep him down there. I and thought I they were going to do the Chris Bryant thing. They need, to see him, yeah. they need to see him play well after this injury. We all know the injury was not supposed to be a problem. It yeah. was left hand, not supposed to be a problem. Well, we or left arm. But at the same time, it's still baseball. And you yeah. got to swing. And you got to do things that you're used to it's doing. different. And it's a different feeling, you know? He had Tommy John. It, I know it doesn't matter yeah. because he's not a pitcher or whatever as much, but... But you were even saying, Joe, before, like, I think we are at the stadium, you are like, the way that Boone and Cashman talk about Tyler Wade, they love this yeah. guy. Yeah. It just seems to me like they're sold on him with a lot of his tools and things. Yeah. You know, Toolsy. it just seems like, like what he said, and you got to kind of read in between the lines when Boone talks, and he says... He kind of said this, you know, when he made the team, where you got to read in between the lines, and it's like, okay, he made the team. But he said, we got to find the, you know, we'll find the way to get Neil Walker in. Yeah. And it just seems to me like, okay, Wade won the second base yeah. job if he said that. So then so. why'd they sign Walker? Well, I, I... But you don't know Wade's going to do yeah. that. You can't, you can't predict that Wade's going to do that. I understand that, They had an that, opportunity but... to sign a guy that is a switch hitter who has... Uh, a lot of time at second base is a vet guy who know we know he can hit. Plays a little bit of first base. What we say, nineteen games last year. Yep. First time he played back uh, at first base was last year, but he has that flexibility. Tyler Austin's no longer on the roster, so they got to have somebody able to be going over there besides Austin Romine, who right. they may need as a backup catcher. Yeah, so. I don't want any part of Romine. Like, you but I think Neil Walker's a valuable catcher. player at this point, like a very oh, valuable. I know player. I get that, but 
I don't know. I, I, it's just tough to see Wade getting a ton of playing time unless it's a full split. They got platoon. time to wait on him. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, if he goes back down to yeah. Scranton for a little bit, he's got. Does it he's really hurts? Yeah. It's, if they need to bring someone up and Wade and Torres are equal, maybe they just say, "Well, Wade has options, so I'm yeah. sending him down." Like Billy, Billy, our, our mailbag submitter said. 300 OBP, five homers, 15 stolen bases, and I'm taking the over on all of them, which leads me to believe he thinks he's getting playing time, and I think that's the biggest hindrance on Wade. If he gets playing time, I think he has the talent to do well. I just don't know if he's going to get the playing time. So He's got to prove it in the major leagues still. I mean, we're seeing spring training. Spring training is a different animal than, than uh, regular season I think baseball. the Yankees are showcasing him. It's possible too. That's, you know, that's been I my think opinion the Yankees can showcase him, and then they'll say, they'll show, they're showing the major leagues, this guy's an everyday player. We, you know, we have a lot in the, at this position in the minor leagues and here. Who wants them? Do you want them or not? I mean, and then maybe they can use that if they want to get a pitcher later on. And even if Wade does go down, everybody understands that he went down because of playing time or Ellsbury. Then they'll say, you know what? I want Wade. They value him a little higher. One thing Wade has done this spring, he's made. He Waiter. Made, Waiter. Waiter. Uh, oh he may have turned himself from a nice piece in a trade to maybe like a, starting center, a centerpiece mm-hmm. in a trade. So that's, that's huge. That is huge. Like a second piece, him and somebody else, absolutely. But the thing is, you're right. When you when you look at before, look at the roster before the spring started, right? Tyler Wade wasn't really a, a part of the conversation. Like he was there, we knew he was there. But Glaber Torres had the job, right, in our heads. Mm-hmm. Andor was the third baseman of the future. Where does Tyler Wade play? Like, is he really going to be a full time utility guy for the Yankees? For that's not where the value is. Maybe the value is highest. At, um, at trading him and him playing somewhere else. Like, I agree. I think he is playing for somewhere else. I think if I was Tyler Wade, maybe I want to be traded because I can get a better opportunity no, somewhere you else. You want to stay with the pitch. You want to stay. You want <laughs> I'm telling you. If I'm, a, if I'm a professional baseball player, I want to play, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of getting paid, the next one is from Tom Giles about Ellsbury. He says, I understand that Ellsbury has a full <laughs> node trade clause, but I also believe that if the Yanks eat a hefty chunk of that salary, they can ship him somewhere not for much in return, but mainly free up open uh, roster spot. If you were the Yankees, couldn't you give them the option of, hey, we're, we can ship you to San Diego, Colorado, Baltimore, somewhere else, Good or choice. send you to the yeah. minors? I know he is obviously a, uh, out of minor league options, but my understa- understanding is that if uh, he was put on waivers, then somebody would agree to pay a salary, which no team would do, therefore making him the highest paid minor leaguer. I feel like that threat of playing in AAA versus a uh, major league baseball team that doesn't want to uh, pay him would be just enough motivation for him to agree on a trade. All so right, basically, fa- embarrassment quick, factor. Fact check. Yeah. Aren't there fact checks in this? Yeah, there's there fact, fact checks in yeah. this. If the Yankees place him on waivers, obviously no one's going to pick him up. Yeah. Then the Yankees could assign him to AAA, or Ellsbury could say, "No, I don't want to go to AAA." Yeah, he mm-hmm. always has which the means right. he becomes a, a f- unlimited free agent, but the Yankees still pay hundred percent of his contract. Right. At the end of the day, he will never play in the minor leagues. That's what happened with Swisher, and I think it was the Indians. They waved him, no one picked him up, and he's like, I don't want to go to the minors. Right. And then the Braves picked him up for league minimum, but he was still making the $10 million from right. whatever. Because baseball contracts are guaranteed. Right. So, but, so, but is the embarrassment factor enough for Ellsbury to be like, yeah, I'll waive my no-trade clause? I don't think the problem is the no-trade clause. You're looking for, uh, for, for the trade is just that, I mean, look at, the, look at the climate right now. You have people like Neil Walker who's a super effective player getting four and a half million, right? So it's like, who? why would you and your, as a GM in your right mind want to eat even any portion of Ellsbury's contract if he's not even, you get what I'm saying? It's like he's not even a five million, right, like he's so, barely a five million player. Exactly. Neil Walker's a better player than him, yeah. you know, so at this point in time. So it's like, why 
why would I do that? Why would, unless they just want to help out the Yankees, you know, contact Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even want to do that. So that's what happened there. Yeah, Ellsbury's I, such a such an anchor on this roster right now. But it's, it's I like, mean, twenty four. I was talking with this with people that were at the game with today. Twenty four guys. I love those twenty four guys. And then the the potential twenty fifth if Ellsbury's on the roster. It's just one bullshit. of the things about Ellsbury that's that's like. I feel like should be addressed slightly. If his contract wasn't what it was, we'd be like, all right, he's not a bad fifth outfielder. Like, he hits, what, 260. He gets on base occasionally. He's really good at catcher's interference. Like, you know, like, he could do certain things <laughs> if he's, like, if he's a league minimum guy. The problem is, and let's all be honest with it, it's the contract. Yeah, we hate looking at that contract, about. and what he, but what he is. But as a baseball player fitting on the roster... He ain't the worst fifth outfielder yeah. in the world. Like he can play defense and the no emotion. I think on he's his the face. worst fifth outfielder can, in the world. The no emotion on his face. Trying to play devil's advocate with him. No, I don't want him on the team. I don't want him on the team. I want them to eat the contract. That oblique injury could last debt. the whole season. It's a bad debt. That hurts. Obliques right. are tough. Yeah. Get rid of it. Real tough. Get rid of it. <laughs> so we got uh, last week on the podcast. Scott and I were were joking, being like, "Oh, someone should give uh, Ellsbury a tapeworm. Someone should, we should like, we should like, so like a couple of the Yankees bought. Uh, we got some someone in the clubhouse bought some T-shirts. We're like, let's spray whatever uh, Ellsbury's allergic to, so he has like a breakout. We got people in the in the in the podcast group being like, "You guys are being too hard on Ellsbury. Shouldn't we just root for like everyone on the Yankees to succeed?" And I'm here to say no. We should not root for Ellsbury to succeed at this point. I like, feel like he's, he's he's gotten like a smooth. I think he's gotten a little smooth ride. With, I mean, if this would have been a Rod, people would have been riding him hard. Like, yeah. I just feel like every different big money, story, though. of course. But I think every every other big money guy, Yankee fans have really held that person's foot to the fire. Yeah, and I absolutely. feel like Ellsbury, we kind of like oh, so that's almost Ellsbury. like he gets a pass, but that's crazy—a twenty-one million dollar pass. Exactly. So it's like even for Tanaka last year, everybody kind of thinks, oh, that was just an off year. But they people were riding him like crazy. It was, it was off half year. I mean, yeah, I, exactly. it on I know nothing about. Getting on Tanaka at all. Uh, at the end of the day, Ellsbury is not playing where he needs to play to the right. contract. So yeah. we should be looking at that. Like, who cares about rooting for injuries and all these things? No, no I'm not rooting for an injury. Yeah. No, 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 but that's not the injury. I'm rooting for him not to the be on narrative the team. is is the reason we're saying this is because he sucks at baseball. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Bottom line. It's important. If you're if you're a baseball player and you suck oh, yeah. at baseball, that's a big problem. Yeah. All right, next one's from Andrew Fro at Real Andrew Fro on Twitter. He says, Who is the sixth starter since clearly Adams and Sheffield aren't close to ready and Sessa sucks? Looks like Jermon is taking that role, maybe. If not, then who? And then who is number seven? I wish we had signed a cheap pitching depth option like we did with Walker. I think he's saying Sessa sucks. Like, that's easy for him to say. But yeah. Like, I think Sessa is close to Major League. Like ready, he's yeah. he needs a little bit more, but he's definitely the sixth starter. I think his consistency is not there. Yeah, and he got optioned today, so I don't even think he's definitely. I disagree. Yeah, I think he got optioned today, and I think um, it's between Herman, yeah, and Holder right now for that final bullpen spot. I think maybe Herman might do it. Holder maybe because I kind of like his stuff too. But I think it's and he was up last year and had some good success. Yeah, I mean, he has ridiculous numbers in the minor leagues. Yeah. Too. No, but but those are bullpen guys. Okay. I, but I, don't I know, think Armand, Sessa is a sixth starter, though. Don't you don't you guys don't agree? Armand might be. I mean, th- he stretched out. He what did he yeah, yeah. Yesterday? He, he stretched out. He was like a starter five, last year. four or five innings yesterday. Yeah, he right. was the starter last year. So he might. I think he might be that sixth starter guy. He has 
better stuff. I mean, sometimes you look at Sessa, it's like for the first two innings, it's like, wow, yeah, this guy, yeah. he's, he's got good electric. stuff. And then after that, about. next inning, walk, walk, smack, smack. Yeah, it's yeah. like, whoa, what's going on here? It's just Once he starts missing locations, he gets knocked around. Yeah, right he need, His consistency is not there. I think he might be a bullpen guy. Maybe maybe that's better. Maybe that's better for him. Maybe yeah. he needs to go to. Maybe he needs to knock it down. Go to three, two or three pitches. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the the pitch that's not working. That's what Chad Green did. Let's get yeah. rid of the one that's not working. The, the you know Chad the, the Green least. did the same exact thing. Yeah, he's got the fast. He's got the stuff. He's toolsy. Mm-hmm. So you toolsy. think you think Jermon <laughs> gets a start before we see Sessa get a start this year? I think that's what it's looking like. He's pitching really well. Yeah, he's actually pitching really well. What about um, Chance Adams? When does he get a start? Does he get a start? He's got to fix his location. Yeah, location. He had a problem. Yeah, they were talking about that as a problem last year. Last year, the problem was with Chance Adams. The, the knock on him was he wasn't throwing enough strikes. He wasn't throwing the, the pitches that they wanted to see thrown for strikes. And when he was coming across the plate, he was getting knocked around a little bit. And we saw that in his last yeah. outing. And his ground ball rate is not as low as what they would like it to be. And he's got to cut his damn hair. It was shaggy as hell. <laughs> what does he think? Why is uh, Cliff Frazier the only person everybody talks about? Chance Adams walks in with a freaking mop. Yep. Nobody says a damn word. Whatever, man. Might yeah, yeah, say Justice. Justice might get a start this year, actually. If yeah. he, if he, he's he's he has a pitch above double A, though. He's, yeah. got, a, he's yeah. got at least a half season in triple A. Yeah. And he had injury last year. Too. I lo- I'm excited for Sheffield, though. Yes, like the way Sabathia has talked about Sheffield yeah. on on the R2C2 podcast, or yeah. just in in towards the media, it seems like he's taking him under his wing. Yeah, and like that's the perfect mentor. Yeah. Episode. Oh yeah. CC's the guy. Yeah. They go fishing. CC's fishing. with everybody now. I don't see CC as fishing. He loves it. Does not seem like a guy who likes fishing. Big fisherman. Huge fisherman. Gardner. That makes sense. Gardner is a fisherman. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to the show, Gardner said that CC wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tries. He tries. Yeah. This next one's from David. It's a fun question. He says, "I have a two-parter. Which one of the big prospects that the Yankees traded away last year do you think will be the best major leaguer? Caprellian, Fowler, Rutherford, Mateo. And the second part: Which of the Yankees' current top prospects would most likely be traded this year? Frazier, Andoar, Wade. First part first." Who are those guys, might we say, in like a couple years, like, damn, wish we didn't trade him away? Mateo. I think Mateo. Mateo. I, like, I really like Mateo. I, I mean, I understood why, you know, you got Sonny Gray. I really like Mateo. And I kind of looked at him as an outfielder, too. He could play shortstop, but his speed is, I mean, you've seen 70 it. 70 stolen bases. Oh, man. His, just awesome. If he Don't forget how together. many times he got caught, though, too. He got caught a lot. He was yeah. running a shit ton. Yeah. He got caught a lot. Uh, in the minor but leagues. in the minors, you don't have uh, coaches yeah. with. So in the majors, coaches have, like, this guy is 2.7 seconds to the plate. So you got to get this number of steps. Like, that doesn't happen in the minors. Yeah, yeah. but you're just going on speed. Exactly. So when you go to the pros, there's a lot more guys that know what they're doing, keep you closer mm-hmm. to the bag. No, but what I'm saying you have coaches being like, yeah, but it's also a lot more. Of, it's also a lot more instincts. You can rely on your speed in the minor leagues more than you can in the majors. Yeah. You got to have the instincts to get that first jump. You got to read the pitchers, and they're a lot smarter and they know what they're doing, right? On first yeah. base, and like, he ain't getting those same jumps. I don't know. The the caught stealing was worries worrisome to me when I saw that. He's got the blazing speed. There's no doubt about it. Talent. It's the, inks, the instincts on the base on that talent. I got a soft spot for uh, for Dustin Fowler, man. Yeah. I mean, that was that was so sad. Yeah, I got I got to see. I want to see him do well. Like yeah. that's one guy. I mean, not against the Yankees, but I want to see him do well. Uh, definitely get that at bat, that first at bat that he <laughs> did not get, and just I want to see. Him He's got to break. If the, he never actually gets an at bat in the major leagues, that's going to go down as that one of the most sad stories. It can't happen. It's too uh, much I'm a, a, a rule for Fowler. Yeah, I'm, for Fowler. <laughs> I'm with you on Fowler. We love Rutherford on this podcast. Oh yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Like, He's such a good dude. Yeah, and um, like off field stuff, Rutherford has all the 
Mm-hmm. Like every positive thing you can say, Rutherford has that as a and he's human. got the physical tools to do it. Yes, he right. does. He kind of fell off as a prospect status, but he's still so young. I mean, he's still there, but he fell down a little bit, mm-hmm. especially in the Yankee system. And I think a lot of that was because Florial took such a yeah, he did. smoke and rise up yeah. that it kind of left uh, Rutherford you know, down a little bit. But he's still a high prospect in the, the White Sox system. I think he's going to do well. I honestly, I, I've been talking about this for a while. Like, I don't think Caprillion is going to have a long, seat, uh, a long career. Oh, I think he's inverted his, W, right? The way that yeah, man, the way that he throws, it's just it's torture on that elbow, and I think he's going to have problems for a long time. Mark Pryor, two dotto. He's yep. got the moxie though. If you yeah. want to use that word, yeah, he does. He's he, got that. He moxie. wants to be good. I did, yeah. yeah, when I remember that picture when the Yankees were in Anaheim last year and Judge hit the the homer to right. Well, he had his and Caprillion's yeah. in the back, like <laughs> cheering yeah. on the zoo. That was great. Yeah, he's a good guy. All right, so who's going to get traded this year? Is it Frazier, Anduar, Wade, or someone else that we're not yeah, even mentioning? It might be more than one. It might yeah. be two or three. I don't know. So the one thing that we didn't talk about earlier with talking about Wade and like these guys having spots on potentially other teams and being showcased, they're not. The Yankees aren't going to be able to protect all these guys. No way. From, from the Rule Five, like once once this comes up, they're not going to be able to protect all the guys that are eligible. So these trades are going to have to happen at some point, right? Absolutely. You can't keep everybody on the forty. No, you can't, you can't keep. That's that's another thing. 40, 40 men may sound like a lot, but twenty five of those guys are on your major league team already. So it's like, okay, who am I going to keep? You got to make that decision, and it's you already know the top prospects are going to be there. But I don't know. Maybe maybe like a Miguel Anduar. Uh, depends on where you are and where everybody else is at. Like I threw something out there to Scott earlier in the week. I'm like, if the Giants suck. I would love Madison Baumgartner. But a lot would have to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, he would yeah. I, would lo- I mean, so much would have to go wrong for the Giants. And the Yankees have the prospects. And they have no farm that it might work. But that team, you know, they don't, they're not financially... They, they know, loaded up strong. to win today. Yeah, so if they're not going to the win... The Giants are still going to try and make one more push. They're going to try, Posey yeah. So and, and that would be the guy. Gloria. I would love that guy on yeah. the team. But, but that's the thing. That like, they're, they're so ready right now to make a move for that number one... For, like, another number one guy yeah. that they have the guys in the minor league system. We talked about this last week. Like, the, the people are gushing still about the Yankees minor league system. They have so many guys. And if Drury comes mm-hmm. out hot yeah. and plays well yeah. in the first half, mm-hmm. then Anduar is, Anduar is on the definitely block. on the block. Anduar, was he untouchable like this offseason? I kind of so. The way Cashman was talking about him, it was almost like he was because he was mentioned in the Garrett Cole trade, and it was kind of like, no, we're not trading Anduar and Frazier. I'm not so maybe it was a yeah. trade still. I don't. I don't think the full story has gone out yet because this. It just seems the Yankees could have gotten. I mean, for what they got for the Yankees, could have done that. yeah, Yankees could have gotten Garrett Cole. So there was something else yeah. there that he wasn't willing to part with, or maybe he wanted to see another season of before he parted with. Or maybe he, those the names that we heard weren't actually the names that were floated. Right. I think it was open to trading Wade though. Definitely, but, uh, but yeah. like again, the showcasing thing. So now they're going to try to showcase this, this guy. Is, He's this proven been, it, and yeah. this. That might be something you might see down the line or midseason. So, all right. Final question is from Bruce Main at Bruce the Main on Twitter. If you could magically place one retired Yankee in his prime on the team this year, who would it be? I mean, you gotta. I mean, kind of gotta go with Babe Ruth, right? I mean, <laughs> like he was okay. Yeah, he he was all right. But I mean, if if you but where he, was he not gonna play right field? I mean, He's not gonna DH? DH. Why not? I put him at DH. Where are you going to put uh, Mr. Stanton? I'll put him at left field. Where are you going to put Gardy? Then Gardy. I mean, Gardy's on, going Gardy to be roof. Gardy, I mean, Gardy, you're going to have to be running some bases for me. But I'm not, I, you know, 
It's Babe Ruth here, but I mean, any Yankee. I mean, if it's yeah, any Yankee, anyone. if it's, I mean, it'll probably be him. If it's any Yankee that I seen play, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because oh, well, that's all right. That because the Yankees got have so. I mean, it's, it's just too long the, the list. I mean, I'd probably, you know, um, Bernie. I'll take Bernie. I'll uh, take I know, Bernie. I know, hundred percent who I want. Who we want? we got position players. We're good there. Oh, we're yeah. we're going to okay. score runs. We're doing all these things. Give me El Duque. Give oh, me El Duque okay. to come okay. in to give me some Ephus pitching to to lock down the the end of that rotation to come in and dominate some postseason. Give me El Duque. El Duque is like the missing piece. Like, That's yeah. a good that, pick. That that yeah, that, that, that guy pick. who could come in good. and do <laughs> some good shit. That was good. Yeah. If we're, so I was, if you uh, go before we made the caveat that it had to be somebody right. yeah. that had to be somebody we saw. I was going to say Ron Guidry. Okay. Uh, okay. Just well, because I didn't see him play though. No, I, yeah. but that was before. Now, after I said, I'm not Pettit. that old man. Pettit is oh, exactly Pettit. what you're talking yeah. about with the postseason stuff, but he's yeah. better than El Duque. Yeah, El, I, El Duque is one of my favorite guys ever to watch pitch, though. Like, and he would replace Pettit would replace Monty in the rotation. Why you gotta hate on Monty? I'm not hating on Monty, <laughs> but Monty is like a like a diet version of Andy Pettit. That's what we think of him anyway. That's what we hope of him. So. You can see Comey yeah, do just, the El Duque again, like he did in that commercial. Yeah. <laughs> No, so, it's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, El Duque's definitely a good pick. He's yes. that guy's got the guile. Good job. Good you job. won you won that. You yeah, won you that won round. <laughs> Thank you, Twitter. Thank you, Instagram. That'll do it. That'll do it for us, Joe. Thanks for joining us and uh thanks for coming to our Airbnb. No Dude, problem. we couldn't do it at yours. Cause... Yeah, we could we were gonna <laughs> oh, do it at yours. Yeah, we were gonna do it at yours, we were gonna have a pool party, but <laughs> it's like your your aunt and uncle were there or something. What happened there? Ah, I messed oh, up. I, I botched it up, bro. It's horrible. I botched that up. I ended up picking, sharing a freaking the whole situation with my. Yeah, check that filter. Entire. Yes, home. I should have put entire home. Should have put entire home. Nice. Next time. Sorry. All, right. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining Periscope Instagram Live and, and the podcast. Talk to you guys next time. Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.